Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Shows outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high. You'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude. Fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise. It's coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Father Brian, his family, his followers. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, family, and loyal followers worldwide. And that means Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower, with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com. Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. show. It is always an awesome privilege and a pleasure to have with us Father Brian McWeeney. He is the Director of Ecumenical Affairs and Interreligious Activities for the Archdiocese of New York. Today, Father Brian offers his perspective on Jerusalem. This show is for people of all faiths to get some understanding. Jerusalem is a city located in modern-day Israel and is considered by many to be one of the holiest places in the world. Jerusalem is a site of major significance for the three largest monotheistic religions, Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. Learn and listen and learn even more 
about its importance to people around the world. And you can learn a great deal from one of my favorite guests, Father Brian McWeeny. Welcome to the show, Father. It's good to be here with you again. I hope all is well with you. Uh, yes, it's always well when you're around for sure. Your prayers go straight up to the heavens. Your specialness impacts people's lives, no matter what their faith. I consider you one of the most extraordinary people, and I just wish there were a lot more exactly like you. That is a problem, uh, isn't that? Uh, <laughs> I remember when the uh, council... Uh, that we uh, had so many years ago, and people were very excited about how religions might work together and recognize the stupidity of uh, being apart from one another. And yet, uh, as the years developed, even though we had Nostra Aetate and other great documents, uh, people have forgotten uh, what uh, we've come from. And, and they are sliding back into old habits, and uh, that's not good. I can only imagine how busy these times have kept you. It seems no matter where you turn, there really isn't much in the way of inner peace and certainly not much in world peace. Uh, that's very, very true, unfortunately. Very, very true. And I, I just hope that... Uh, the world wakes up to realize that uh, we've had too many conflagrations, whether we're talking about war or uh, human destruction of life through uh, a holocaust. You know, you know, we have to go beyond where we have been. And there's just so much going on around the globe with anti-Semitism, school shootings. Uh, It's so beyond my imagination to even think uh, of what's going on in the schools today. When we went to school, our biggest concern was the next test and getting our essay in on time. And today these kids are going to school in fear for their lives. So I can only imagine how many people you are seeing and praying with. Well, and and that's just tragedy. But, you know, all too often uh, people of our time want to come up with an easy answer. And there is no easy answer. It's the only answer we have is one that requires great work on all our parts. For example, I really believe that uh, we have a mental health crisis uh, in our country. And it is uh, getting worse and worse. And people don't appreciate the fact of what's going on. I live about 15 blocks now from where I work and uh, you pass person after person who is suffering mentally illness and uh, all too often in our city we have seen uh, people accosted uh, and uh, unfortunately these people they have no ability to uh, recognize that they are wrong about attacking some people, but because of their illnesses, uh, they're there. And when way back in the 70s, and, and uh, I'm a little bit older than you, uh, we had a great scandal in New York uh, called uh, Willowbrook. And uh, Willowbrook was a place for extremely, extremely um, uh, retarded youngsters. And they were not treated well at all. And the the state's decision was to end institutionalization. Well, there are some people who need a institution to help them uh, deal with life. And but the the state just says uh, we're gonna we're gonna end institutionalization with no thinking about what the consequences are, that you're putting people out who have no ability to deal with life on the outside. Certainly very, very true. 
Uh, that's a major issue, the gun factor, a major issue. Uh, you know, when we think about the unrest, there's so much unrest. We have Iran we have to deal with, North Korea we have to deal with. Wherever you turn, you don't know where this craziness, this this human disregard for human life is going to show up. I mean, it blew my mind. Uh, an image I, uh, I'll never forget of people praying with someone in a church, and an hour later he just killed all, all the people in the church. It's beyond comprehension that these things are going on to this day. Yeah, yeah. It's horrendous. It is horrendous. So your work surely is is probably taking its toll on you too. Uh, people can't forget that caretakers are human, men of faith of human. These are the people everyone leans on, and yes. indeed, yeah. you have feelings and and know people and all of that. So it's really got to be very stressful. It is. And uh, it's only with the help of God that we're able to overcome uh, this. And with our faith, uh, I'm happy to say, you know, God's been very good to me. Um, and I just thank him daily for the help that he provides me as I, I seek uh, to help others. And uh, so we, we really have to stand together in this time, this very, very difficult time. And pray to God that we'll get through it. All right, let us focus on Jerusalem today. We all know how much it's in the news, how much it's the focus, how much controversy exists. And you said something that was very impactful when we spoke earlier, that you're not interested in the politics about it. You're interested in in the holiness about it, the significance of it. Well, I I really... uh... Well, the first basic principle is that I see is that a country, uh, you know, establishes what their capital is going to be. For example, uh, Washington and his contemporaries said we cannot make our um, capital essentially a part of one state. It it should have uh, a national uh, importance. And so they basically carved out uh, a bit of Maryland and Virginia and put there uh, our country, uh, its, its capital. Now, the problem is that Israel has established since 1947 her capital was going to be Jerusalem. That's where her Knesset meets. That's where her president and prime minister live and work. So we really have no right to say to a country, well, we know that's your capital, but we're going to have our headquarters in Tel Aviv. It doesn't make any sense because if you want to effect a government, if you want to bring about peace anywhere, you, what you do is you certainly say to uh, the country, okay, uh, we're going to be in your capital. Uh, we're having problems with some of the things you're doing. Let's talk about them. But they're in the same city. The ambassador doesn't have to go from Tel Aviv down to Jerusalem and uh, the the uh, prime minister, if he wants to speak to our ambassador, does not go up to Tel Aviv. So it's just a, a situation of logic. And one of the things that about Jerusalem, and I've been there twice, praise God, uh, you go into the city and you feel an aura of holiness because, as you said at the beginning of the program, these are sites that are sacred to the Jewish community, to the Christian community, to the Muslim community, all centered on Abraham as our common father. 
the evil one, which Christians call the devil, cannot stand that sense of holiness and wants to disrupt any possibility that these people would get along. And so he, he, he uh, brings all kinds of problems to the floor. And unfortunately, many nations today take advantage of what um, you know is going on and says, well, we're going to use this to our own purposes. And so we're going to go and say, you know, hey, uh, let's uh, stir up trouble. And they have, believe me. When you talk about trouble, and the establishment officially was May 14, 1948, in Tel Aviv, the Jewish Agency Chairman David Ben-Gurion proclaimed the state of Israel, establishing the first Jewish state in 2,000 years. In an afternoon ceremony at the Tel Aviv Art Museum, Ben-Gurion pronounced the words, we hereby proclaim the establishment of the Jewish state in Palestine to be called Israel, prompting applause and tears from the crowd gathered there. Ben-Gurion became Israel's first prime mayor. All right, so starting with the day of the Declaration of Independence, in the distance, the rumble of guns could be heard from fighting that broke out between Jews and Arabs immediately following the British Army withdrawal earlier that day. Day. Egypt launched an air assault against Israel that evening, and despite the blackout in Tel Aviv and the expected Arab invasions, the Jews joyously celebrated the birth of their new nation, especially after word was received that the U.S. had recognized the Jewish state. At midnight, the state of Israel officially became uh, came into being upon termination of the British mandate. So here we're talking about a rumble because uh, uh, it was declared the capital, Jerusalem being declared the capital. But let people never forget that Israel never had a, a time of peace. There was always surrounded by Arab states uh, all around them wanting to not have peace, but wanting to annihilate Israel, wanting to take Israel right off the map. This has been going on since day one, May 14, 1948. That's right. That's right. And uh, Israel has survived and has grown. And I don't think many of the people in the United States know how many contributions Israel has made to the technological development that we all enjoy in our country. Many of the present-day inventions have come from uh, Israel because they wisely balanced their economy between a farming community and a modern technological community. And they could teach uh, all of us a great deal of lessons. Um, folks, if you Google Israel inventions, you will be amazed. Pages and pages of truly significant things in the health field, in the techno technological field. They're all over there. So people that are so quick to say, let's boycott. Israel, let's uh, annihilate Israel, but they are using our medicines and our uh, facilities uh, that are being generously offered by Israel, like like Father Brian mentioned earlier, uh, that in the hospitals, they don't say what faith are you to treat people, they treat people there of all faiths, so... There's just so much dissension, I, which I can never figure out, because the Jews really are a peace-loving people. They don't want the war. They're brought into this because of just the right to exist and the fight for their very survival. I just want to give a quote, a quick quote from Prime Minister Netanyahu of Israel. If the Arabs put down their weapons today, there would be no more violence. If the Jews put down their weapons today, there would be no more Israel. 
Unfortunately, um, I would say there's a great deal of truth to that. And it's uh, it's sad. It's sad that, as you said, right from the beginning there was uh, opposition and really no desire to uh, resolve uh, differences. Uh, and the other thing, uh, and we covered a lot of this show, folks, check this show, uh, that the guest was Dr. Barbara Tolo in our archives, June 21, called Jerusalem, the Capital of Israel, Have an Open Mind. And we gave so much evidence of how the other side, um, the Arab side, again, the terrorists, I don't want to make it about all the Arabs, don't want peace. They don't want Israel to exist, period. And that's the sad part of it. Uh, the Jerusalem Embassy Act of six, 1995 is a public War of the U.S. passed by the 104th Congress on October 2395. It was passed for the purpose of initiating and funding the relocation of the embassy of the U.S. in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem no later than May 31, 1999. That was passed into law, and it never happened until President Trump uh, had the courage to have it happen. All the other presidents knew about it and kind of just passed over. But of note also at Camp David, there was a significant try to have peace between, uh, um, I, I just can't think of his name for the moment, when, when at the Camp David talks, uh, when they had the prime mayor and the Israeli, uh, the Arab leader there. Yeah, and the Arab. Carter. Pardon me? Jimmy Carter and uh, Sadat? No, it was Clinton at the Camp David talks. But I can't think oh. of the leader who walked away from any talk of peace, even though they were granted pretty much everything they asked for. Would that have been Arafat? Arafat, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Arafat, yes. Arafat and, and Clinton and shaking hands uh, with the then representative. Yes, I just went blank on that. So it's always been uh, an, uh, a denial of peace on the other side, always, because they don't want Israel. They have textbooks in the schools show that Israel isn't even acknowledged. It's not even on the map. Their children from the early stages are taught how wonderful it is to kill Jews. Uh, they are paying their terrorists, the Hamas people, hundreds of dollars to kill Jews, hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars to the families. So that is Unfortunately, a sorry state of affairs, but the world is seeing the high propaganda pictures that that the Palestinians are being killed, and then they don't know how many of them were Hamas terrorists that started the whole thing and used their kids as a front to get the attention. Well, I, I think that that has ended to a great degree uh, because of Hamas itself that they have uh, admitted that many of the people who were killed uh, had been uh, part of their uh, military, part of yes. their terrorist, terrorist uh, because uh, Israel was able to, uh, because of its uh, safety uh, records, was able to establish who these people were. So there was no denying it anymore. Yes, that and, is uh, true. But, you know, it, <coughs> excuse me, the basic thing is, as the Holy Father said, people are killing each other, and uh, it's got to stop. It, it's got to stop this disrespect for human life uh, on all sides, on all sides, has got to stop. Uh, we have uh, lost too many of the uh, community to build effectively uh, a great society, whether it's uh, a two-state solution or, as I said, my, 
my interest in, in the politics of it is not as, uh, how would I say it, uh, of interest as much as the, the whole idea, the human factor uh, that is, is there. The human factor that people uh, are day after day waking up to uh, war in their midst. You know, we, we, we still remember uh, with great pain uh, the terrible day of uh, 9-11. Uh, we all remember where we were. Yes. And um, can you imagine living with that every single day of your life? You know, and that that's sad. That's, and yet that's what some people want because it, it fits their purposes, you know, no matter how bad those purposes are. Yeah. It's sad, it's scary, it's horrific. Uh, I just want to go back one moment just uh, for clarification. The Camp David Summit I referred to took place July 11 to the 24, 2000 at the presidential retreat in Camp David. Attending was President Clinton, Israeli Prime Minister Yuhad Barak, and the PA Chairman Yasser Arafat. And, again, it was the other side that walked away. It wasn't Israel. It was the other side. And yet, all those resolutions coming out of the U.N., they are all so anti-Semitic in that body there. They have tons of resolutions against Israel and virtually none against the Palestinians. So it is thinking that it's the U.N., it's just so sad that we don't even have an unbiased peace organization to represent everyone. It's totally biased. Mm. Which is odd, because they're the ones that brought Israel into existence in the first place. You know, the uh, they are recognized as a member state. And yet they're not backing up the fact that that is a member state. Yes. And that's, you know, how do you do that? How, how do you uh, do that kind of thing to a, to a member state? Yes, absolutely. And Jerusalem, I was there also quite a while ago. Uh, I know when I got off the plane, El Al, I, the first thing I did was lean on the ground and kiss the ground. I felt like I was walking on holy ground the moment I got off the plane. And looking at those sites, so being at the Western Wall, uh, that's a wall where people take little pieces of paper and stick it in the wall with their prayers. So I took three little pieces. I'd have one on the left side of the wall, the right side, and one in the middle. It's called the Wailing Wall, and also known the western side as the Temple Mount. Uh, many Jews pray there and weep there at the site at just about every day. And each year, millions of Jews from around the world visit the wall. Uh, so, I mean, it is just to be there. It should be a land of peace, looking at all the things it represents. Absolutely. And The Western uh, Wall is considered the holiest place where Jews can pray. Yes. Well, where some Jews can pray. Because uh, women, I think, are restricted to a part of the uh, Western Wall. They may separate them, yes. Yes, yes. Because I saw that and, and I said, that's interesting, you know. And then there's the Church of the Holy Sep. How do you pronounce that? Sep. Sep. Sepulchre. Okay. So the site where many Christians believe Jesus was crucified and where his resurrection occurred, located in the Christian quarter of Jerusalem. Thousands of Christian pilgrims from around the world every year, and many regard that as the holiest Christian site in the world. Let, let me tell you a little bit about that. Um, I'll tell you the good and the bad, <laughs> okay? Um, the Romans, as you remember, um, came in in the year 70 and knocked down the walls of Jerusalem. Yes. And it was a tragedy for all 
and they came upon these two uh, places of uh, importance to Christians. Uh, one was the uh, where he died, and the other place was his tomb, uh, from which he rose. We believe as Christians, and uh, the the um, pagan. Uh, emperor said, well, I'll take care of them. And he knocked down both of them and then built two temples, one to Venus and the other to Jupiter. And it's only because we have uh, remnants of those uh, temples that we knew where uh, those those, uh, spots were. So when Christians came in, uh, later on in the history, and Rome was no longer, uh, we knew exactly where Jesus had died because the Romans tried to put them out completely. But by doing that, they were uh, letting us know where uh, Jesus was actually buried. Now, the bad is this. Christians should love one another, right? Well, we don't get along that well sometimes with each other. And so the person who opens up this, uh, the, uh, the church every day and then closes every day and who has the only key to it is a Muslim because the Christians could not get along. I bet you didn't know that. I didn't know that. So we have a lot to be embarrassed about. But uh, the point I was making about the Wailing Wall being the Jewish, considered the most holy for Jews, and you you agree that that church of the Holy Sepulchre, is it Sepulchre? <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, holy Sepulchre. Sepulchre. Okay. It is the holy burial place. Yes. And then for Muslims, I, it may be the Dome of the Rock, a gold-domed Islamic shrine was built on the site of the destroyed Jewish temple in Jerusalem. So right. that's their holy. It's the holiest for these major, major religions. And yet all that's been there is is tremendous fighting and conflicts, confrontations. Isn't it a shame that uh, we treat a divine gift to all our faiths in such a poor way. Just a tragedy. I always say, folks, instead of looking at someone's religion that's different than yours and judging it, why not learn from it? Why don't join together on the religions? I love you. I always use you and Rabbi Joseph Potasnik as examples, how you go to the Passover services and he goes to Midnight Mass. I, I just love that relationship and use it as a role model for people of all faiths. Do you want to say a little something about that and why uh, it's something you love being a part of? Well, I, I certainly do because Joe and I, and I'm sure you're aware of this, we, we, we are in the same city. We're facing a city with many, many problems. And if we, the religious people of New York, are, are not going to give a good example of working together, then why should people believe anything that he or I say? I once was at a meeting with young people, and the question on the table was, why don't young people go to temple or to church or to mosques anymore? And uh, one guy said, look, I come from a divorced family. Why should I... Uh, deal with uh, you guys because you're so divorced from each other. And that was a real challenge to us. You know, why are we apart? You know, why are we not listening to one another? And thanks be to God, in the last, what would you say, 50 years, 60 years, we have begun the journey towards each other, recognizing the human dignity of each and every individual. 
because we see each other as God's children. We might identify ourselves in a certain specific way, but in general, we are all God's children. Absolutely. And uh, to me, it extends way beyond a difference in religions. It's a difference in lifestyles. It's a difference in sexual preferences. Whatever that difference is, I say learn from the other person. You don't have to accept it for yourself, but learn, don't judge, and acknowledge and appreciate what they, they are, their trials, their tribulations, their beliefs are. The world would be so much of a better place if we all just practice the golden rule, do unto others as others would do, you would want others to do unto you. And we often have Len Kane as a guest of this show. Len was uh, literally nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize for the fourth time literally in october it's announced who gets it so uh folks if you go to our website joyce barry and friends type in len kane you'll see an extraordinary man who does many many shows with us his biography is about five pages single space from all his awards from being in the service and his organizations designed to help veterans and people of need uh, I just want to say that one time, one of the awards, he came in second. I believe her name was Malik, the girl that got a had a bullet in her head. She won that year. He came in second. And he said, if it t- takes a bullet in my head, it's fine with me that I got the second <laughs> place. <laughs> it's totally fine with me. And I said to him, I said, there's talk about wanting to give it to President Trump if he resolves this North Korean thing, he says, well, I'll tell, I'll have it be known to Trump that if I win, I'll give him my Nobel Peace Prize. Maybe if he wins, he'll give me his. <laughs> <laughs> Len Kane, K-A-I-N-E, he is someone that is so extraordinary, so extraordinary. And, and everything he does is centered around the Golden Rule. You can look up goldenrulesociety.org, his website offers so many free things to help people. He especially wants to do everything he can for veterans. And, folks, I want to do everything I can for you all. And my way of doing that is asking you to listen to our show every day, Joyce Barry and Friends. And here in the very wise words of our health guru is an original poem on why you should be listening. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know, and let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, 
www.ellenbarnesandfriends.com, and right under my picture on the upper left, it says follow. And simply by clicking on follow, you will get an email about every show, every guest, every topic. You need not miss any of our special shows because if you cannot join us when we are live at 11 a.m. Eastern, know that every show is in our archives. You can listen 24-7. You can download them and listen anytime, any place, and send the links to your friends and family. Back to Father Brian. Uh, when you go, just as by example, let's say you go uh, to a Passover service, and how do you feel about participating in something like that? Why is that meaningful to you? Well, because uh, my boss is Jewish. <laughs> yes. Remember that. And uh, Yes. Uh, we believe that um, uh, his last meal with the apostles yes. took place uh, at the Last Supper. And uh, many of the ceremonies as part of the uh, meal is uh, based in a scripture. And uh, so we, we, we feel very comfortable uh, in a... Uh, meal uh, a uh, seder you know for some like as i think i told you once when we were talking about the wonderful seder um the reality is that some of the prayers that we say uh, at the mass are prayers that we use uh during the mass uh, for example the blessing of the wedding uh, not the blessing of the uh a cup you know with a wine and also the blessing of the bread. Uh, that That's part of our liturgy at the offertory, or what we call the presentation. So it, it's a very uh, wonderful thing. And, of course, a large part of our Mass is looking at the Scriptures and uh, bringing to the floor people's knowledge of the Old Testament. Now, I call it the Old Testament. Some people call it uh, the Hebrew Scriptures. I I was uh, in class with uh, Rabbi uh, Bob Alper, and one day in his presence I used the terminology um, Old Testament, and uh, he said, Old Testament? Oh, that's right, Brian, you're a Christian. So you believe in God and the sequel, Son of God. So he was uh, all right with it, but uh, it is a different understanding because we we refer to the prophets and the law as being the Old Testament. And I can say for myself, when I went to Christmas Mass uh, one year with a friend, and why that was so difficult for me, had nothing to do with religion. It had to do with that I'm not a night person. I get up about five every morning, and I go to bed very early every night, no matter what day of the week it is. I've always been a morning person. But I made the effort to do it because something on my bucket list I always wanted to do. And I was so impressed with everything. I love the service. St. Patty's Cathedral, one of the most extraordinary in the world. It It really meant something for me to be there and I've often shared the story that when I sat down I said, said to my friend who I went there with I said I'm probably the only Jewish person here and the man behind me tapped me on the show, shoulder and he said no lady <laughs> I'm Jewish <laughs> yeah. so that was very funny to me that right behind me but I just want to see more of that I pray that there'll be more of that interfaith understanding and participating so we can really appreciate each other so much more. Oh, I, I agree. And uh, I I always love seeing Joe uh, Tasnick, Rabbi uh, Joe, at all of our uh, Christmas celebrations. And uh, and he's just uh, just a, a, a very important part of our, our, our celebration. Well, the way Joe talks about you, 
he could be your manager, your agent. I know you have one God, but he could be play a lot of the other roles. And in fact, I'm very grateful to Joe because he introduced me to you, and you make a huge difference not only on my show. But when I want a special prayer or something, I always call you uh, as well, and you're always there for me. So um, my relationship with you is very meaningful to me. Well, I, I thank you for that, and uh, I, I, I would say the same thing to you uh, about my relationship with you, but also uh, to make it more general my relationship with the Jewish community is extremely important to me. It uh, really gives me a sense of belonging uh, to uh, a wonderful, wonderful guided people, and uh, I hope that that continues throughout my life, you know. Well, my favorite story about you and my personal relationship, the story I tell everyone that I left you a message once. <laughs> you called me from Rome. Yes. I was so moved by that. When Joe doesn't call me back right away, I said, Father Brian stopped his meeting with the Pope, I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> to reach out to me from Rome. So he always teases me. He says he was probably calling you from Rome, New York. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how he responds to that. So that really was something I would never, ever forget. Not saying you obviously left the Pope to talk to me, but just the fact that you took time out from whatever it was and called me. It just struck home the extraordinary person you are, the giving person you are, the generous person you are. Oh, well, I, I, I feel it very easy to do. So what else do we want to say here about Jerusalem? Well, I, I think what we really want to say is that we have to join uh, the Pope, uh, the chief rabbi of Jerusalem, uh, and so many other uh, religious leaders in praying for the peace of Jerusalem. I mean, that is part of our uh, worship service. It, it's certainly part of the testaments. Uh, both in the uh, Hebrew scriptures and in our Christian scriptures, uh, to pray for peace. Because peace is uh, very, very elusive. Because all too often people are uh, looking for personal gain, uh, personal power, rather than the welfare of others. The idea of common good is uh, missing from their their mindset, and, and that causes real problems. Uh, we, we've seen uh, the problems of uh, the um, riots in uh, Gaza, and uh, it, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate because uh, terrorists are, are, are using uh, the bodies of the poor the vulnerable, uh, to get across their uh, philosophy of life. And this, this, this unfortunately, cannot be. Uh, the, uh, I also want to make sure we mention one more very, very holy site. We covered the Jewish one, the Christian one. In 691 A.D., the Dome of the Rock, a gold-domed Islamic shrine, was built on the site of the destroyed Jewish temple in Jerusalem. The dome located on the Temple Mount is the oldest surviving Islamic building and was constructed at the very site where Muslims believe Mohammed ascended to heaven so That's I wanted right. to include yeah. I wanted to include that one as well the three holiest sites representing the three major religions uh, and that's where all the conflict is taking place right and they're literally on top of each other they're, they're literally together you know and uh, one of the things that uh, our uh, religious leaders often say, and, and I've heard uh, 
rabbis say it as well, as well as the Consul General uh, of Israel, that uh, Americans um, should not be fearful about going to Jerusalem. Uh, they, it, it's a secure place uh, to visit the sacred places of our faith experience. And uh, the more people that go there, the more appreciation they will have of the importance of uh, the Holy Land for us, for all of us. Uh, you know, whether you're visiting the, uh, again, the thought pattern of, of the Tomb of David, whether you are going to Hebron and visit the, uh, the tomb of Abraham and Sarah, you know, these are important places. And I think once you visit there, you come back very much changed. And when you pick up the Torah, when you pick up the New Testament, it's no longer a distant relationship with the words, but a very intimate relationship. And so I would recommend uh, uh, that all of our brothers and sisters of whatever uh, Abrahamic faith, that they go to uh, visit the shrines of uh, Jerusalem and, and the surrounding area, Galilee, and uh, one of the things uh, that's not talked about, you know, and it is good news, we have a group of priests called legionnaires. That, that's the uh, uh, their name. And they have been very good. In Jerusalem, they have a place called Notre Dame Center. And it's a wonderful place. And if you can live there, you know, for a short term, of, like a, a hotel. Or some people have stayed there two or three months you know, doing research and everything like that. But they wanted to have something up in Galilee, so they decided to build a residence for pilgrims up near the Sea of Galilee. And so they're working very hard, and all of a sudden they're coming across a floor, a stone floor. And uh, they were a little bit surprised, so they called in the Israeli authorities. And together, they unearthed a stone, which they say goes back to the time of Christ. And the reason they know that is that in the stone, there is a statue of the menorah that was exactly the same of the one that was in the temple in Jerusalem. So it was related to the temple in Jerusalem. That point was still uh, built. So now it is a very large area, and they have respected the ancient area that that served as uh, the oldest synagogue now that we know of. Yes. And it is said that Jerusalem's future remains uncertain given everything going on. But what is clear is this city holds great religious, historical, and political power and will continue to do so for years to come. Uh, God bless the Israeli Defense Forces uh, that they're doing everything they can to preserve this city, uh, to preserve uh, the, the state of Israel, because Lord knows they are so outnumbered on every front but those that will do us harm. Uh, Father Brian, uh, what message do you want to leave people? Well, you know, there is a sacred number in all of our traditions, uh, seven. Uh, in Catholic Church, we have seven sacraments. We have seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and we reflect back on the importance of seven. Uh, in the uh, book of Genesis, the world was created in seven days. And so we celebrate in a very special way this year the 70th birthday of Israel. And I think that it should be a subject 
of rejoicing for the Jewish community, but for all of us as well, that God's uh, holy will, no matter how we're unable to identify it in a particular moment, when we look back on history, we see the finger of God. And I would ask everybody to think about that and to think about the need for holiness in all of us and the way we deal uh, with one another. You know, it's interesting about what you just said. I did not know that. I hadn't, you know, in that context, I never heard that. But 7 and 18 have always been my lucky numbers, 7 and 18. And 18 is the Jewish high, C-H-A-I. It's a symbol of good luck for Jewish people. So that's really interesting. I always loved 7 and 18, but now I have good reason to. I'll give you you another story about 18. Uh, My sister died, as you remembered, and uh, I asked for contributions to the um, to my sister's school where all of us went to school and Rabbi Joe uh, sent up a gift of $54 and I got a call from the principal and said you know I don't understand this $54 that, that's an odd amount I said no no it isn't and I can tell you who gave it to you and he said yeah how'd you know that I said because that is a, a symbol of of good fortune or blessing, and uh, so uh, Joe was kind enough to remember my sister, you know, in that way. I never heard anything significant of 54. What is the symbolism beyond that? Three times 18. Oh, three times the luck, three times the high. I didn't put it together. Yeah, yeah. God, I learn something new from you every time we talk. And then one other thing I'm going to ask of you before we conclude here is your personal special prayer. Selfishly, I say to you, my special prayer is that I will get back to Jerusalem very soon. And your prayer for all our listeners, I love when you do your own blessing for us all. My my prayer is that Almighty God will touch the hearts and minds of all your listeners and all the world, especially our political leaders, that they realize the fruitlessness of violence and the blessedness of peace. Amen. Amen. And my personal special prayer is, may yesterday be the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May today be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. That's my personal prayer for all of you. And folks, go out and make someone happy today. Go do a random act of kindness. Do pay it forward. Um, Do really appreciate people as another fellow human being that we're all joined together as human beings. And we should really, the word is love and honor each other. So that's what I want to say to you all. And uh, we invite you to sing along with us, dance along with us, and laugh along with us. We want it to be a happy, peaceful world. So you can do all that starting right here, right now to the choice. Barry Mash. Thank you and God bless you. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. 
You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired by her show. And her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again. As Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce knows all about having fun. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. She's a coaching sensation for not just me or you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. <laughs> 